Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Greg Patton will be living in today's world, and Michael Hogger continues his look at UFOs, gods, and aliens. Today is the final day to receive our November thank you gift. Watchmen on the Wall is proud to present our die-cut etched Christmas tree ornament. The ornament features our classic logo of the Watchmen on the Wall blowing the shofar. Our motto, God is still on the throne and prayer changes things, is engraved across the top of the ornament. And today is the final day to get your Watchmen on the Wall Christmas ornament. For a gift of $100 or more, simply call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. If you'd like to take a look at what the Christmas ornament looks like, just go to our website, You can also order it there as well, swrc.com. For over 70 years, the mysteries of Roswell have tantalized the public. Pastor Michael Hoggard is back to reveal the real story behind gods and aliens. In chapter 1 of the book that bears his name, the prophet Ezekiel had a vision of God. He saw four living creatures who traveled by means of something he described as a wheel in the middle of a wheel. In Ezekiel 1.20, the prophet said, Whether soever the spirit was to go, they went. Tither was their spirit to go, and the wheels were lifted up over against them, for the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels." Joining me to unpack this verse and talk about his new DVD titled Gods and Aliens is Pastor Michael Hoggard. Pastor Mike is the senior pastor of Bethel Church in Festus, Missouri. He is an expert in scripture numerics, Freemasonry, the occult, and Bible prophecy. Pastor Mike, welcome. Thanks again for joining me. Well, it's my pleasure again to be with you, and I appreciate you guys willing to bring this topic up. I was talking to some pastors over the weekend, and they said, nobody wants to talk about this. No other pastors want to deal with this subject, I guess because they're afraid they're going to run members off, or people are going to think they're crazy or what. But I believe now that we are in a different world, especially since June, when the Pentagon was forced to release some sort of report on what they knew about what they're calling now UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. When I was young growing up, I always was fascinated with UFOs, and I got all the books out of the school library on UFOs and Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, and ghosts, and all those things. been fascinated with it. And back then, the only place you could get information about UFOs and aliens was from the National Enquirer. Well, this is a different world now. 2017, the New York Times runs a story about a Pentagon program called ATIP, and it's called Advanced Aerial Threat Identification Program. A man by the name of Lou Elizondo, who is a good guy, he's a patriot, he loves his country, he considers himself a believer in God, I'm not sure that he would be a Christian, but they tasked him to go around investigating military encounters with these unidentified aerial phenomenon. This is where the story of the Tic Tac, the Go Fast, and the Gimbal UFO from 
three different carrier groups at three different times starting in 2004. I think one was in 2014. The other one was like around 2017. But we had our guys in these million-dollar or plus jets with the best technology in the world detecting these unidentified flying machines going from 80,000 feet down to sea level in less than a second. Mm. We don't have a plane that can fly down that fast. We don't have anything in our arsenal of weapons that can fly straight down from 80,000 feet to sea level in less than a second. And so obviously this thing was defying the laws of physics. You have David Fravor, who was a top gun pilot. He was one of the best that our country ever produced. And he is engaging this tic-tac-shaped UFO. And he said, it's doing maneuvers that he said, I wanted to fly it. He said, I was fascinated by it. I wanted to fly it. He said, I've always believed that there had to be life somewhere beyond our Earth. And he said, I believe that I was looking at their technology and was engaged with it. And so in June of this year, when the Pentagon released this fluff piece is what it was, we know that our government has to know more than what they claimed in June of this year. But in June of this year, they did say out of 144 cases that they examined, only one of those cases could be identified as something that we know from this earth. In other words, 143 military encounters of unidentified aerial craft, they could not identify where it came from, who made it, how it did, what it did, how it defied the laws of physics going from zero to a thousand miles an hour without accelerating, going a thousand miles an hour, stopping without decelerating, traveling a thousand miles an hour, making an immediate right-hand turn. Planes don't do that. Planes bank, and it takes a while for a plane to bank that way. And so they said, we've got 143 cases verified that we cannot identify as coming from Russia, China. We don't have them in our arsenal of weapons, and so therefore they are classified as unidentified. We're not saying they're from outer space, but we're saying we don't know where they came from. And so I think now the question is not whether these things exist. That's already been answered. It's been answered by our military. It's been answered by our government. It's been answered by governments around the world who have been more outcoming with their information. The idea that these things exist is real, and I think it's time that Christian people, especially people who know the Bible, study the Bible, believe the Bible, are looking for the Lord's coming. I think it's time that we open our eyes and start looking into these matters because I think these things are going to make a difference in our future. 
Now, these are top military officers. Most people believe that the subject of UFOs and aliens are talked about only by people who spend too much time on conspiracynut.com. However, you cite famous people who claim to have seen UFOs. Many astronauts like Edgar Mitchell, Gordon Cooper, and others have claimed to have seen UFOs. Would you elaborate on that? In the last program, I mentioned that I went to the MUFON conference in Las Vegas. I met Captain Robert Salas. I shook his hand, told him I appreciated the fact that he told the truth. He was part of the Disclosure Project. You can look that video up on YouTube. It was done in 2001. And he said that he was in charge of 10 Minuteman nuclear missiles up at Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana. He said he was down in the bunker, down underground. And he's the guy that's got the military codes and the keys to launch these weapons. He gets a call from up top saying there's three glowing lights outside of our gate here. What do we do about it? He said, I don't know what to tell you to do about it. There's nothing we can do. He later got a call saying these things are now in our compound. What do we do? And as soon as he heard that, all 10 of those missiles went offline. Boom, 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 boom. Now, if he would have gotten an order from the President of the United States to launch his weapons, he couldn't do it. Those things were down. It took him a week to get all 10 of those missiles back online. And he said, you might every now and then have one missile go down. So we have technicians that would work on it, get it back going. He said, I've never seen a time when 10 missiles went down all at once. And he said, the presence of those lights hovering over our base tells me that they had something to do with it. In other words, if anybody says this is not a threat to the security of the United States, they're lying through their teeth. So in meeting these people, these are men who swore an oath to defend their country, the Constitution. These are men that believe in America and America's strength. And to think that they would make these stories up it just doesn't make sense. These men are the best trained people in the world. You know, for a man to be in charge of 10 nuclear weapons, they run these guys through every test they can think of. They look into their background. They look into their history. They look at everything. They monitor their marital life mm -hmm. because they want to make sure these guys don't hand over the keys to the Russians or anybody else. So these are straight-up guys. These are scientists in many cases that have seen these craft, in some cases have had certain amount of contact with them. Now they're coming forward. This is a world in which now people can discuss this. I brought this up at a church conference we had at our church about a year or two ago. And my mother told me a story that she saw a glowing craft hovering over a lake going home one evening, and she slowed down, watched it for a minute, and then it just shot up in the air. I said, Mom, you saw me bring home all these UFO books. Why didn't you tell me? She said, we didn't tell anybody. We went home, told our husbands. They laughed at us and told us we were drunk. And she said, I haven't said a word since then. And that was that culture back then that if you said you saw a UFO, well, you were crazy. Well, it is a different world now. 
there are more Americans now who believe in extraterrestrial life than who believe in God in this country. Yeah, that's sad. It is sad, but it shows you the shift that has taken place in this country. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that awareness is changing the overall consciousness of not only the American, but all over the world. And I believe that when these gods present themselves to the world, the world is going to accept them as the saviors of this planet. Isn't that why we as pastors and church leaders, we should be addressing this topic because so many people believe in aliens before they believe in the Word of God? That's exactly right. And again, there are some good pastors that are dealing with it. You know, it may not be their calling like I believe it is mine. I mean, I sit and I study this stuff all day long. I've done it for most of my life. It's been a fascinating thing to me. I've never seen one. Don't know that I would want to. I don't really care to see one. But I believe in them. And I believe the Bible then, if they're real, then the Bible has to have answers for them. I don't mind leading the charge on this and opening up the conversation to other pastors, giving them the research, giving them the knowledge, and saying, hey, here's what we found in the Scriptures. Present it to your people however you want to. But the time to start talking about this, I believe, is now. My guest is Pastor Michael Hoggard. We're talking about his new DVD called Gods and Aliens. There are over four hours of explosive teaching on this DVD. The segments include Roswell's Alien Gods, Chariots of the Gods, The Alien Agenda, and Gods and Aliens. And you can get a copy of this DVD now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Pastor Mike, we spoke last time about aliens. Now, we believe that aliens are not from outer space, so what exactly are aliens? The use of the word alien in the King James Bible, it refers to someone who is not born of a particular place. What's interesting is the New Testament, Paul referred to us as aliens and strangers of this world. In other words, if we are born again, our second birth is not of this earth. Therefore, we don't belong here anymore. We belong in heaven, okay? Heaven is actually our birthplace, our nativity, our home. So as long as we are on this earth, right now we are the aliens and the strangers Mm -hmm. here. So the use of the word alien actually in the Bible, I think, is a valid term to use to apply to these gods, with a little g, who do not derive from this earth. God created them. They are evil. They follow Lucifer. They follow Satan. They are of the one-third of the overall angelic realm, an innumerable amount, God says. I believe that they come in various forms, various likenesses, I think the Bible describes some of them as serpents, some as dragons, some as dogs, some as bulls, some as owls. The fowls of the air seem to be Babylon in Revelation chapter 18 is a hold in a cage of every abominable bird and every fowl of the air and so on. So I believe the Bible is like a nature guide to show us what these devils can appear like. You mentioned Aleister Crowley. 
Crowley spent six months doing what he called the Alamantra working. He spent six months preparing rituals, fastings, taking peyote, taking drugs, doing all sorts of perversion acts with men and women, doing this for six months in order to bring a spirit into this world that he called Lamb. Lamb is a word that means the way, and I think it's like an antichrist term because mm -hmm. we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. So when he finally meets this alien god, this devil, it has the appearance of what we would call a gray alien, a large, bulbous head. Crowlister's drawing of it had it with little eyes. But I read, and I can't remember the source, that he changed his drawing. It originally had huge, large eyes, and you can still see that in the sketching that he made. But for some reason, he shortened the size of the eyes. To me, it was fascinating that when Crowley brought this spirit into this world, that shortly thereafter now, we enter into, starting from 1941, a town not too far south of here called Cape Girardeau, Missouri. A minister was awakened out of the middle of the night to go and pray over some deceased bodies from a crash there near Cape Girardeau, Missouri. He goes over there, and he sees these three small, gray, large-headed, big-eyed things and he's looking for an airplane, but it's not an airplane. It's a disc. And there are military people around. He gives last rites to these dead bodies. And then he is told in no uncertain terms that if he ever speaks of this to anybody in his life, that he and his family will be in danger. Well, he told his wife, and his wife on her deathbed told her family what her husband had encountered back in 1941. So this has been going on for quite a while, but we are definitely in the age of UFOs. And to say that these things are like Marvin the Martian from the Bugs Bunny cartoons, or they are like the Vulcans from Star Trek or from Star Wars, that is totally misleading. These things are gods. We identified them earlier in Psalm 82. These are gods with a little g. Therefore, they are devils. They are familiar spirits. What's interesting is that one of the leading men in bringing this world to greet these alien visitors with peace and saying, come to us and help us in our world, a doctor by the name of Stephen Greer, who ran the Disclosure Project, he has been in contact with these aliens since he was in college. He meditates. He uses yoga. He uses a branch of Jewish mysticism called Merkaba. Merkaba mysticism, Merkaba chanting, and the word Merkaba is the Hebrew word in the Bible that means chariots. Mm. In other words, he goes into a trance and contacts these aliens, which end up being familiar spirits that God said we're not to have anything to do with. So the biblical evidence is there, the occult connection to all of this is huge. It's tremendous. 
And there is zero doubt in my mind that we're dealing with devils. We've been visiting with Pastor Mike Hoggard about his four-hour teaching DVD called Gods and Aliens. Pastor Mike, I know that you have more dynamic teachings on this subject, so I hope you'll come back on The Watchman on the Wall soon to share with us again. Looking forward to it. God bless you guys. The last two days, Michael Hoggard has been sharing his research and insight on the issues surrounding UFOs and aliens. Learn the full story in Michael Hoggard's DVD, Gods and Aliens. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order your DVD of Gods and Aliens today. That's 1-800-652-1144 or order online swrc.com. Author and pastor Greg Patton is here to share another story of faith, inspiration, and encouragement. So what does it mean to you, my Christian friend? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You believe the Bible, right? Has he given and then taken away anything valuable in your life? You know, as a television news person, and at 18, I was a television newsman in the state of Indiana. I've been a news anchor man. I have hosted talk shows in both radio and television. And, you know, I would ride with the Indiana State Police here quite often, as well as our own Allen County Sheriff's Department. And I would go to all kinds of macabre scenes, from bad car crashes to shootings to, well, just about everything you would ever imagine. And I've said it before, trouble ain't trouble till it hits me. And it's another person's life. I'm recording someone else's problems. That's what you do in television news. But what when it hits home? There was one occasion on a Saturday where I was working, doing a number of stories on my own, and a report came in of someone shot. And then the follow-up report, and we had the police radios in our television news cars, that it was a child shot. But they didn't have the tracing of 911 at that time, so the person hung up before they got an address. They had a rough idea what part of Fort Wayne this was in, but it covered several blocks at that time. And we were all, including the news teams, driving up and down streets trying to find where this might be. It was an absolutely harrowing experience. I recall then seeing a squad car and seeing the cop then run up to the door. I got all of my camera gear out and placed myself on the sidewalk there in a strategic location to get a good film. I assumed he would be running out since there was no emergency teams there from the EMS that he would be running out with that kid that had been shot. And it was one of the most gripping things I ever recorded. Here comes this police officer running out with this limp child in his arms. The key here was that this boy was two years old, and a sibling had shot him in the face with a revolver. Oh, it was awful. It was all I could do to film that cop on the run to his squad car. And the thing that really arrested my thinking is all of a sudden I'm in the middle of this scene. My firstborn, Jeremy Patton, was two years old. The same size and body build 
of this young child. And I'm filming this, and in my mind, I'm thinking, what if that were my Jeremy in his arm? Everything changed in a moment's notice. Trouble ain't trouble till it hits me. It hit me, and it wasn't my family, but it sure seemed like it. The Lord gave this child, and now, as we did our follow-up calls and all of that, uh, it was awful to report that he was dead on arrival at the emergency room here at Parkview Hospital. Oh, it was just terrible, and you kind of wonder, what is life all about? I think about it even more so now at my age. I'm in my 70s now, and I've had a great life, and especially these last 45, serving the Lord Jesus Christ as a Christian, but to end so early. And every time I hear of a shooting of a, another person, especially a young person or a teenager, it is just gut-wrenching. It's all over. My friend, the Bible says, according to Matthew chapter 7 there in verse 13, that it is a narrow path that leadeth unto salvation, and it's a wide path that leadeth to destruction. My thought for this two-year-old, as it always has been, is he had not reached the age of accountability. I believe that that little soul went directly to heaven and is there right now. But as we get older, then we are held accountable. What age is that when you really know right from wrong? Have you ever trusted Jesus Christ as Savior? The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I go back oftentimes thinking of all the news stories that I've covered over the years. At 27, I left all of that to pursue a life in the ministry, evangelism, and the last 33 years pastoring a church. But I'm always watching local and network news and the cable to see how they do what. And every time I think about they're really disassociated with all of that. They're not there. They do the stories, but the pain, the heartache, the tears linger for a long, long time. As I relate this story, I think of David and the loss of his son. He knew that he could one day go to where his son was, but his son could never come to him again. Family. God created it, and it's such a big deal. The lesson that I took out of all of this is how important it is a wife and children. We've gone on to have six children, three boys, three girls, so many grandkids, and now great-grandkids coming along, and they are precious. And you need to enjoy every day, for there may not be a tomorrow. It's back to that story of never leave the house without saying I love you or something similar, letting folks know everything is okay and that you care. That's one thing we taught our kids very young. To this very day, whether it's in a phone call or out the door they go, it is always that three very special words. I love you. We need to say that a whole lot more. So I guess I would encourage you to just do that. Never leave the house with an argument going on or some problem because should one of you not return, oh my. You don't want to live the rest of your life with that on your heart and mind. This has been just one more story of living in today's world, and we all do.
Thank you, Greg. Our featured resource today is Michael Hoggard's DVD, Gods and Aliens. Order your DVD today for a gift of $30 or more by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or simply order online, swrc.com. Connect with us through our free e-newsletter, A Moment of Prophecy, video messages of encouragement from Pastor Larry, and articles that keep time on God's prophetic clock. Sign up today for our free e-newsletter by visiting swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. 